Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and I'm joined by the always joyful, always cheerful Colleen. How's it going, Colleen? Oh, <laughs> what an introduction. <laughs> I have something to live up to. Um, yeah, it, it's going. It's going. It's going. That's that's the uh, slogan of the podcast now. It's going. <laughs> and we've got about, jeez, 900 more, 800 more episodes of this, and then you just keep on announcing spinoffs. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> That's right. So, and we are going to go back into the past today, as always. Uh, we're going to August 14th, 2000, for episode 203 of Detective Conan, The Black Wings of Icarus, part one. I don't think he had black wings, right? He had white wings. I don't think, yeah, I think they were white. But maybe it's because there's murder here. Well, that would be like Red Wings. That's a hockey team. I don't know. They're black for this show. <laughs> so much to dissect, just in the title alone. I know. And so the Conan's hint for this episode is bento boxes going. Not to be confused with bento box fax machines. No. Have you ever had a bento box? Um... I don't know if it was like a true bento box. It was something that uh, resembled one. They're fun. They're fun. What a ringing approval <laughs> for bento boxes. They're fun. That's my one thumbs review. up. <laughs> They're fun. <laughs> so Conan introduces the episode. He says, "Today's stage is a plateau hotel. The unwanted guest calls for a kiss." What? Conan's always so mysterious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. Kogoro and the rest of the family are driving to Hotel Armori, which Kogoro notes has great alcohol. They arrive and meet the manager, Mitsuyuki Armori, of the <laughs> I, Hotel Armori. I love it's that. family business. the hotel after himself. Oh, okay. That probably makes more sense. <laughs> so they're greeted by the twins from the Cursed Masticate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, the uh, cursed mask case. I uh, flipped those that there. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it's Minaho and Hanami Shimakasa. You remember these creepy twins? They're in the the. I forget the actual episode name, but it's that, that really good anime original hour special with the mask that uh, in that big mansion. Oh, how could I forget these two? They were completely unnecessary as twins, but I don't know. I guess it, that's not true. I suppose it did help that they were twins. It's just I don't like this trope of we wear the same thing and say the same thing at the same time because we're twins. So the episode was episode 184, A Cursed Mask Coldly Laughs. Great case. Yep. It's actually a really good case. Great case. Yeah, it's a great case. And so that was 184. This is 203. So that's a pretty quick turnaround. Do you think, like, they were trying to make them a thing? I don't think they ever show up past this. So they get their two appearances in. Yeah, I think this is pretty much uh, where where it ends. Um, maybe? Uh, like, of all the um, anime original characters to try and make a thing, like, 
why these two like i feel like maybe we could have gotten a few of those guest inspectors back as more of a reoccurring addition to the cast so maybe they just weren't popular like the writers tried to uh, have the twins back more often but i don't know maybe they didn't resonate with fans i mean they don't really have much of a personality they're just twins which hey that's enough for a lot of people that is their personality (laughs) So they thank Kegaro for his help on the previous case and reveal that they're now working here. And uh, Aramori doesn't seem very hyped about it. He's like, yeah, I got a call from a family friend. They asked for a favor. Now they're here. <laughs> he does not seem very <laughs> jazzed about this. No. It's, so it's kind of interesting how, like, he's not jazzed at all, but he ends up, you know, coming up with this whole plan for himself in this day that it's like completely ridiculous why he had to come to a hotel in the middle of nowhere to do it but he all of a sudden is super happy that he's gonna get to do all the planned activities that he has so another customer a businessman named shiramoto hidehiko arrives and says his wife will be here soon we're then uh, greeted by the lovely uh Bizen Chizuru, who's an actress, and she's just instantly in a bad mood. She's yelling on her phone, and it turns out that she is Shiramoto's wife, and uh, they're quite the odd couple. They're they're off to a, a really fun start here. Um, she's like, I can't believe you took me to this mountainous place. I thought we were going somewhere nice, and she demands a separate room. What was your first thoughts on her? Other than, like, oh, she's <laughs> oh, going to yeah. die really soon. Yeah, like, oh, this is victim alert. Um, Yeah, she's just Japan's sweetheart, isn't she? She kind of, like, this pairing reminded me of, I don't know, I can't think of, like, a, a good example right now, but, like, the 90s, sort of early 2000s, where you had these, like, t- made-for-TV movies, and the bad guys were always, like, a married couple, and you're just like, well, how in the world did these two get together? Like, it's the bumbling fool husband and the sort of <laughs> angry... <laughs> conniving woman and she's like forcing her husband to do all well, this dirty work you don't have to add the you don't have to add those adjectives <laughs> isn't that every woman angry um, and conniving really even ron even colleen <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyways um yeah she uh she wasn't great let's just go with that she didn't seem like a very pleasant person at all. But her, you know, she clearly has control over her husband as he's like, yeah, give her the reserve suite. I'll just take another room. So he must sleep on the couch often. If, if that, it might just be on the floor. Sleeps in a different house. So the twins show Hidehiko to his room and Aramori recommends Kegura rest at the restaurant while his room's prepared. They meet the, the chef, a woman named Shimon Shinobu, and she also designed the restaurant's layout and decorations. She says that all of the food is made from local ingredients, and that's when Kegura is like, I heard you have a special beer! And uh, he's so excited to try it out, but Ron makes him wait until dinner. Poor guy. His one joy in this whole experience. And then, well, thankfully for him, it automatically time skips to dinner. And he's quite deep in enjoying the beer. 
So it sounds wow, like you got to live his dream after all. Yeah. And just just after Conan's like, man, the soup's really good here. Uh, Chizuru says this is the worst soup she's ever tasted. She starts causing a scene and Shinobu's like, uh, can you tell me what's wrong with my cooking? What's the issue here? And she's like, wow, you're really gonna, you should be on your knees apologizing. And so Armori comes out, he apologizes, and he has Shinobu uh, prepare another soup for her, which I'm sure isn't going to make her happy anyhow. Um, so there's a really funny, <laughs> right after this, she looks to the side, and the whole Mori family is just staring at her. And then they, like, pretend to eat really quick, like they weren't, <laughs> just looking at the scene she was causing. <laughs> so then she gets up, she walks over to him. She's a, she tells Kogoro, oh, I heard all about you from my husband that you're a famous detective. She sits down next to him. She shows off her legs, Colleen, and Kogoro's... Kogoro instantly goes from, like, I don't want anything to do with her to, like, ooh, legs. Mm. Kogoro's having a look, a little peek. Men are men are simple creatures, Colleen. I, I evidently from this uh, one scene, like we like she... we like legs. <laughs> okay. So Hidehika says that they're on vacation after finalizing a development plan for Vegarland. I don't know if this gets more detailed in the next episode, but I have no clue what the hell Vegarland is supposed to be. Vogerland, maybe? I don't know. What do you think, Colin? Do you think it's an amusement park? What is it? Um, yeah, let's go with that. Because um... <laughs> it seems like there's a new amusement park built, like, every other 20 episodes for Conan. I really hope it's called the what you just said, not like Vagerland. Vagerland? So, <laughs> is it just based off her legs? <laughs> what are you doing, Colin? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so, Aramoto is not pleased about Vagerland. Um, and he says that the plateau houses, the nearby plateau houses many rare butterflies and plants. So he asks how they'll be kept safe. And Hidehiko says that he's meeting with locals tomorrow about the matter at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, he doesn't, though. Because <laughs> we see what he does tomorrow. <laughs> And he does not do this meeting. So I don't know why he said that. Sorry. What are they? Sorry, locals. I have to cancel this meeting because I have to go on a picnic. <laughs> uh, Chizuru probably pretty accurately says that nobody actually cares uh, about the environment and it's all just about money. She then taunts Hidehiko about a potential divorce but says he can't afford her compensation so he's stuck with her. This is like the <laughs> such a loving relationship and i also don't get why she's with him if he can't you know if he doesn't have enough money and because it's they're clearly not like uh lovebirds anymore right because she's making the big bucks being an actress like supposedly so like why does why does he need to be in her life and I love how he's just like, yes, I would give you a divorce, but I can't pay the alimony. So another man then arrives and he runs toward Shizuru. He gets on his knees 
and begs her to give up her role. It turns out to be her manager, Miyabe Kuta, who says that her sponsors don't agree with her casting and that they want a younger actress in the role. He says they won't fund the project unless they use another one of their actresses, Reika. Chizuru freaks out and says, you're all probably thinking that everything would be better if I disappeared, aren't you? Fine, I'll die. She then storms off, and her husband's like, oh, this always happens, I apologize, <laughs> I apologize. This is normal, just She always threatens to kill herself. Please have a good night. Please remember this for later on. <laughs> So, Conan, <laughs> this all happens, and Conan's like, I'm going to stare at the wall and look at a bunch of <laughs> I photos. I love this segue so much. It didn't make sense. And he's like, he's like, hey, there's a photo of Aramori and Shinobu here with another guy. And Aramori reveals that they're all old hang gliding friends, and that the picture is from a nearby cliff. He says, now it's impossible due to the land development. And Hidehiko mentions that he used to hang glide as well. I cannot imagine him hang gliding. Nope. He does not look the type. And Aramori reveals that the other man in the photo is his younger brother. Shinobu then mentions that they haven't flown in five years and that their gliders are stored on the roof. Before going to bed, Ron decides that they'll go to the plateau tomorrow as it's perfect for the photos that Conan needs for his homework. What kind of homework is he doing? <laughs> is it like makeup work for going on vacation every like two episodes? Oh, maybe. It's so true though. Like <laughs> it just seems the anime originals are always like, "Well, the Mori family is off to another location." Like, when do these kids go to school? Not very often. It doesn't seem like. So Conan's awakened by Kogoro's loud snoring. And he goes to buy a drink from the vending machine. Very funny as he can't reach the button he's trying to hit. It's Big cute. fan of this. <laughs> uh, he then hears the married couple arguing. Chizuru then storms off. And Conan's like, I wonder what her deal is. And then he goes back to struggling trying to hit the button. Do you think he ever got the drink? Uh, I hope it'll re be revealed in part two. Like, that'll be a very important flashback. I love the idea that he can solve anything and get out of any dangerous situation, but the vending machine's the one thing he can't overcome. Where's your elastic suspenders? Why aren't they helping you? They can help you, like, stop a bus, but you can't get the vending machine to work. Yeah, or power up your shoes and kick the vending machine. Kick it, yeah. Maybe we'll get it for free, yeah. There He's like, oh, foiled again. By the vending Good machine. idea. So, the next morning, the family has breakfast at the restaurant, and Hidehiko apologizes for his wife, who, like, an incredible time, and he's like, sorry for my wife, she's such a drag, and then <laughs> she appears, and, uh, Conan tries to ask about the prior night, but he calls her old lady, which, uh, not a good mood. Do you think Conan knew what he was doing by calling her Obasan? I think so. I don't think Conan would just let... He's just a let, dick. Like, not a slip of the tongue or anything. No, no, no. He, that is purposeful. What an asshole. Yeah, pretty much. So, Kegaro stuffs food in Conan's mouth to shut him up, which I thought was very funny. 
and he apologizes to her, but she walks away. She's clearly in a bad mood. Hidehiko tells her manager that they should go fishing until she cools off, and that he has an extra rod. Oh, that's right. He goes fishing. The other guy goes on a picnic. I, I got that mixed yeah. up earlier. So Kogoro tells Ron that he can't go to the plateau as he has an important mission to go on, which is a three-part <laughs> mission. First, he's watching Yoko Okino's new promotional video. Then, he's watching the broadcast of her concert last month. And then finally, for the conclusion, he's going to watch the rerun of her drama special. Kogoro then reveals that the rerun is only playing in this area. Which is why they traveled out to this remote location <laughs> and part of Japan. I love this so much. Kogoro was magnificent, coming to a hotel in the middle of nowhere to watch TV. What a guy. It's very much a two thousand like year two thousand problem. You know, like this would this would never be something today where it's like, well, you can watch whatever you want. You know, like DVRs kind of eliminated this, like the the need to watch a rerun. Anyhow, um, it, it's yeah. very funny. It's very good. Like I guess, I guess a similar but more drastic equivalent could be like region restrictions. Like I have to go to this different another country to watch this show. But like, if you have a VPN, I guess but you can work around that. But yeah, you're right. It's it's very uh a problem for the times so our mori he's like you know what sure i'm running this hotel i can go take you guys on a picnic at the plateau i don't have that many guests anyways yeah and uh they he suggests that shinobu comes along as well and they get some and she's like, I gotta cook, though. And then it suggested that she makes bento boxes for everybody. And then she's like, but dinner. And they're like, let's just barbecue. <laughs> Come on. So she gets convinced. And so we see Chizuru's husband and manager go to the fishing spot, which is recommended by Aramori. And then Shinobu drives Ron and Conan to the plateau. Aramori says he'll catch up with them. He just needs to, you know, check the locks first. And then he gives Kogoro the master key to the hotel. Because you can always trust Kogoro. That's right. <laughs> Maybe Aramori's a secret Yoko Kino fan. He's like, oh, this is like one of my people, so I'll trust him. I like how he doesn't even like give it to the twins that are working for him. He's like, you know what, I don't trust them. Here you go, Kogoro. I don't trust these creepy ass. I don't trust him either, so I don't blame him for that. Although it would make more sense because he actually employs these two people and not Kogoro, who's actually not going to do anything that day. Yeah, so Kogoro begins mission by watching uh, his litany (laughs) of television. He's got to watch his promotional video of Yoko Okino. So. Aramori uh, then catches up with Shinobu. He's driving this big-ass van where he looks like a real dork. (laughs) (laughs) It's like on Winnebago kind of camper kind of style. He's he's just the lamest. 
Like, is this the only vehicle he owns? Like, <laughs> this is the most suspicious thing, rocking up with this big-ass thing just filled with whatever you could have. So I was immediately <laughs> like, this can't be good. So Ron and Conan are so wowed by the... this. let's compare him as a hotel owner to the previous hotel owner from, like, a few episodes back who had, like, this foreign car collection. He has, like, Porsches and Ferraris and things like that. So <laughs> very different lifestyles. Yeah, that owner was cool, and then this guy's like, I gotta win a bag owl. <laughs> okay, dude. So, Ron and Conan are just wowed by the beautiful scenery after they arrive at 10.50 a.m. We get a bunch of times here. I don't know how, how important it is, but you guys can all enjoy. Uh, they watch a ladybug <laughs> fly and comment at how vibrant the sky is. They're like, wow, the sky really is blue. <laughs> Like, is pollution that bad in Japan? Like, they're constantly going to, like, rural areas, too. And they're like, wow. (laughs) The first time we've ever noticed that the sky is blue. (laughs) Maybe maybe that's why they have to leave Tokyo so often. They're like, this is the only way we can actually get some fresh air. And Ron says, if I had wings, I feel like I could fly to the sun. Did they, like, take mushrooms as well? <laughs> what are you doing, Ron? Maybe. Like, what was, what was Shinobu actually cooking yesterday? So, Aramori compares her to Icarus from Greek mythology and says that Icarus didn't listen to his father's warning and that his wings melted after flying too close to the sun. And he says, it's really a sad story. So stop dreaming, Ron. Stop believing in the power of your dreams. This made me think his brother died in a hang gliding accident. Because there's always got to be, like, some dark tragedy that bonds the, like, one episode people together. And they said that they hadn't, like, hang glide in, like, five years. So I'm assuming it's after death. And that his brother died like Icarus. But uh, we'll find out mm-hmm. in episode two. Hi, Coda. Coda's here. He's he's suspicious Hi, too. Hi, Coda. <laughs> so they then spot a Miyama white butterfly, which he says only exists in that area. And uh, this was <laughs> pretty grim. It, it's this beautiful butterfly. It lands on Aramari's uh, shoulder and then immediately dies. Yeah, it just flops over. That's the saddest <laughs> thing. You know, since, I don't know, like, <laughs> um, Oliver and company when little Oliver's, like, abandoned. Oh, it's so sad. And Aramari says, the butterfly can't survive unless the water is clean. So he's having a rough day. <laughs> he's reminded of Icarus yeah. and then a butterfly dies right on him. He's like, I should have just stayed at the hotel. Meanwhile, at 12.30pm, Kogoro is excitedly watching Yoko when Hidehiko returns and says he forgot his bento box and he goes to visit his wife. An hour later, Hidehiko tells Kogoro that his wife is still sleeping as she didn't respond to his knocks. We then see Ron and Conan playing badminton. 
Um, are you much of a badminton player, Colin? Uh, yeah, I, I actually enjoy it. Oh, I like racket sports. Okay. Yeah. Is that your favorite racket sport? Are you a tennis player? What other racket mm. sports are there? So there's yeah, tennis, squash. If you want to pickleball, t- like table you tennis, pickleball, pickle. No, I have not. But it's. I mean, it's fun to say it. Yeah, so that's a racket sport. I think you use tennis rackets for pickleball. Um, I interviewed a director and actor that were both big into pickleball. Emil Hirsch. Oh, cool. He was. He was like, I'm into pickleball. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I got. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, oh, I don't I even know it? how you play pickleball. Oh, it's like yeah. on a miniature. Yeah. I don't know. It looks stupid. Um, I didn't tell. I didn't tell him that. No, uh, you're probably like, "Ooh, yes, tell me more about pickleball." Uh, yeah. So okay. So usually, like, uh, I'll throw in like a question about somebody's interests because you know they usually don't get to talk about it. Usually, they get excited. And he was like, "Yeah, I play a lot of pickleball." <laughs> like, it was zero, zero added enthusiasm. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, yeah. I just like dabble in pickleball. Dabble in pickleball. I just played it yesterday. Um, so I won a couple of ribbons or trophies. I don't know. <laughs> Where the hell am I? Oh, Batman. Okay. So after their spirited Batman game, do you remember who won? No, was it Ron? I don't know. Yeah, somebody <laughs> under won, the blue blue sky. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> So they decided to have lunch at nearly 2 p.m. It was like 1.50 if you want to get specific. Hirohiko then returns and he, he's already there at the fishing pot at 2.15 p.m. Just, <laughs> they run through these times like it's like super important. I have no clue why. Um, Koguro continues watching his Yoko specials. So we know where Koguro is. He's allotted for. He never moves. <laughs> He's been in the same spot. He was the for, easiest like, the entire one to track day. out of all of them. And so they, they have all these times. It's like 10 minute intervals. And then they just skip to 605. Yeah. And the group at the plateau is like, I guess we should get back and have dinner. Like what else were they um, doing there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so they're about to leave, but Aramori's van is having engine troubles, so he tells uh, Sh- Shinobu to leave without him and that he'll get it working. And they get back at 7pm, and Koguro is still watching Yoko. The man's dedicated. Say what you will about him. Oh, well, I can't fault him for that. Yoko's number one fan. The fishing duo then return, and Kegura says Chizuru never came downstairs. Her husband borrows the master key from Kegura, and that's when Aramori calls, asking for Shinobu to pick him up as his car still isn't starting. So this dude was trying to get... <laughs> he should have just came back with them. <laughs> like, he oh, spent no. an hour... <laughs> He spent an hour messing with this car. Very I like how it wasn't after the, like, not after the first 30 minutes. He was like, let me keep at it. <laughs> I think I can really start to get this working. This big-ass Winnebago. Um, it, it takes a special touch. It, it just needs to warm up. So Ron goes with uh, Shinobu. 
And that's when Hidehiko comes back downstairs and he says the door guard is still on so he can't get through and his wife isn't answering. They rush upstairs. Oh, did you have something to say? <laughs> so earlier, I mean, I, I heard what you said and I saw your notes and I, I just couldn't believe it. Is, remember, so earlier when Hidehiko came back for the bento box, it was 12.30 and then... It says an hour later, he tells Kogoro that his wife is still sleeping. So I'm like, so it took him an hour to get the bento box and go upstairs and knock on the door to tell that his wife wasn't answering? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he ate it as well. Maybe he ate there. I don't know. Okay, that that would be, that would explain it. But yeah, it just struck me as super odd. Like, why did it take that long? There's a lot of odd, odd parts. Like as, <laughs> true. as they detail more of their times, it's like everybody's suspicious except for Kogoro. Because, like, I don't know. I'm equally torn between the husband killing her and then um, the owner. Mm-hmm. But then also, I don't know, maybe the woman got really mad about her, her cooking being insulted. How dare you insult my soup? Right. But I'm not really suspicious about her unless... I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have a good reason. So I'm I'm torn between the two. They're both suspicious because what was he doing for that hour? And then uh, why did this guy bring the big Winnebago there? So (laughs) I'm equally torn. Um, So they rush upstairs and Kegger breaks the door down and trips as it easily comes open. Suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> like what was this what was her husband doing this entire time because he was still up there for like 20 minutes like i opened the door i can't get it open should i lightly push on it now i better go get kogoro <laughs> yeah i'll go get the guy who's been sitting on the couch all day i'm sure he has more yeah. upper body strength it seems like he wanted the body to get discovered you know with other people there mm-hmm. but maybe you know maybe he's just stupid that's that's the thing with detective canon. Sometimes the characters are just stupid. Right. They're just that dumb. Like it's not even that they're suspicious. That's who they are as people. Once Kogoro, you know, gets off the ground, he spots Shizuru's body hanging from an apparent suicide, and we learn that it's seven twenty PM. Thank you for our final timestamp. Conan then notices marks on the door guard. As the episode ends, Conan says, this wasn't a suicide, but murder. I'm glad that we established that right off the bat. So the Kogoro doesn't have time. Well, maybe he will in the beginning of the part of part two, but Kogoro doesn't have time, at least right now, to be like, well, too bad it was a suicide. So before we get our thoughts on the episode and the next week's Conan's Hint, for part two, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Shout out to medium-sized Jeffrey. Not too big, not too small. Just right. What a slogan for him. It's so good. I hope I hope you don't mind, Jeffrey. <laughs> He's just been insulted for months. For months. Like, I'm large, Jeffrey. I'm large. This is the first time we bother to mention anything. But yes, hopefully you don't mind. I'm large, Jeffrey. Shit. Shout out to Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and the Big Chief Mason. We appreciate each of you, each and all of you, 
on each of you any way you want to say it. Yes. Thank you. Yes, that. Thank you for putting up with us continually. Yeah, so uh, before we think about part two, Colleen, what's your thoughts on part one of The Black Wings of Icarus? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, you know, it was actually fun reviewing it with you because there were actually like it, it came to light how many good comedic moments this episode had um when i saw the preview and i heard the name i couldn't quite remember what the case was about but it was such a treat um having the pieces come back to me little by little when watching this episode um so i i feel fairly confident that i know who did it but i'm not gonna say anything because you know, we want to keep the mystery alive. Um, so for this one, I feel like not that much actually happened in this episode, even though... What did. do you mean? We had <laughs> hourly updates on everybody's position while they fished and played badminton. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, super eventful. I mean, this is about as slice of life as Conan can get, in my opinion. So we observe what the cast That's is doing. That's a good point. That is... Within, like, really interesting, like, yeah, yeah, so uh, that's how I that's felt. It, but so, like, you're totally right. Like, we got these updates of okay, they're at a picnic and these guys are fishing, and Kogoro's still watching Yoko Kino specials. But there was like nothing that really happened until the very end where you're like, oh, okay, so something did happen, but we were so distracted with all this like commonplace, like, let's look at the sky and butterfly stuff that, um, we just didn't notice so yeah i'm um i'm looking forward to the second one and kind of seeing um how the timestamps uh like play into the case because you know me i love a good time manipulation trick so for the first part it was very much like okay let's keep going and what are we doing but i think as a collective two-part um two-part like couple of episodes i feel like it's uh hopefully going to um be be quite strong yeah i like that slice of life comparison because it really is just a kind of a day in the life of these characters kagura just watching yoko <laughs> kino ron being kind of adorably stupid being like i could fly to the sun <laughs> and uh conan playing badminton as he often does and not getting his thing out of the vending machine. Vending machine, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are some good moments here. Um, yeah, lots of good comedy, like you mentioned. Uh, Kogura has a lot of really good moments. Uh, him stuffing, uh, like, just bread in Conan's mouth as he's being, uh, like, rude. It was hilarious. So, yeah, a lot of good jokes here. Um, but yeah, nothing really happens until the very end of the episode, so it'll be interesting to see how this all pays off and how all these times, uh, go together, because <laughs> it was, like, very oddly specific, but then they would also just jump four hours. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> and they're not doing anything Which important was, right like, now. like, a lot of unaccounted time, so... <laughs> Like, are we just supposed to, like, okay, they just did normal stuff? I mean, it's how normal really is, Conan. But it also makes me feel like, uh, I don't know, it's almost so detailed that, like, it seems like a red herring and, like, 
most of that time stamping didn't matter, but I don't know. It just seems odd, because Conan doesn't usually get that detailed. <laughs> and they get very, very detailed. From the very beginning, like, as soon as they leave the the place, they're like, 10.50 a.m. Kegger <laughs> starts watching the <laughs> special. <laughs> yeah, it needs the bump bump. Some some theme songs there. But, uh, yeah, I like the episode. I'm excited for to see how it all wraps up, see who killed Chizuru. Um, hopefully it's just they all conspired together, uh, including Kogoro, and they were like, <laughs> everybody's lives are the better twins, off here, so. Yeah. Well, Chizuru. Let's just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Let's just call it a suicide and move on. Chizuru sort of, uh, uh, predicted her own demise too earlier when she's like well it's just it would be just better off if i died wouldn't any she like storms off also one of my favorite moments because yeah. Co- conan's literally like hey aramori is that you in the picture and like nobody cares what Chizuru <laughs> just said i mean i feel like that's whenever it clicked in everybody's minds like yeah everything would be better if you weren't around <laughs> so let's all conspire and that's that's our first case where everybody did it right even conan even conan even he was like let's talk about hang gliding i don't care about her dying (laughs) and speaking of hang gliding the next kind of hint is wind for part two yes i'm sure it will be very important be on the lookout for wind like i don't quite know why bento was a hint so much as just like unless yeah, well I g- that made me suspicious about the husband because i think he's the one that suggested the bento boxes but yeah i mean I that's know. the only real connection but if if this case plays out the way i think it's going to um i don't like i don't see why it was important in the end uh, well, we'll find out I next week i guess we will <laughs> we'll figure this out so That'll do it for this episode of Case Reopen. Thank you, Colleen, for the delightful conversation about Detective Conan. Episode 203, The Black Wings of Icarus, Part 1. And we'll be back next week with even more Detective Conan fun. Woo! (laughs) Well, thank you, Tyler, and thank you to all of you for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails.